Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradz, and before we get started with this episode, Nick and I just wanted to pass around along a message that we wish the best health, wealth, and wisdom to you during these times. I mean, it's, it's this is something just crazy that to, to live through, and we were reflecting back on all the different things that we've kind of lived through in our own lives to this point, and you know, um, our family lived through the 1990 kind of real estate correction. That was the real, worst real estate correction that Canada has still ever seen was in, back in 1990. And then uh, I lived through the tech bubble where I thought I made some quick, I thought I made some quick and dirty cash with my tech stocks and they went up really high and then they came crashing back down on me. At one point, my, my Oracle shares had gone so high. I remember telling my wife that I thought we were going to pay for half of our first home in, like in cash when I sold the stock, but stock market quickly changed on me and um, didn't, didn't really have anything. I had a little bit. I had a little bit left afterwards, but not, not much. I wasn't smart enough at the time to sell even on the way down. I just held it all. But uh, So we lived through that, and uh, there was SARS in 2003 in Toronto that we lived through, and there was obviously the financial crisis in the U.S. that did have some impact here in Canada in 2008. So we, we were almost bystanders for that one, watching the U.S. go through that and living th- through some of the media reports here in Canada. And then obviously the last 10 years, because of the policy response to 2008 in the States and Canada matching it has been crazy here. Um, and uh, and now we're going through this and the COVID-19 coronavirus situation. And it's uh, it's just a, a little surreal to, to, to see it all unfold. So we just wanted to wish everyone the best health and wealth and wisdom and you know, we decided to put out this episode just to maybe get our minds off of all the media reports that are going on right now and onto something else. And because a lot of part of the parts of the world are some crazy stuff is, is going on. And Carol's side of the family, my wife's side of the family has family in Florence, Italy, and they're not just quarantined they're, they're They can't leave the house without a pass right now. You, you know, you can't go for a walk unless you're going. You can't leave the house from what I understand, unless you're going to a pharmacy, a doctor, um, grocery. And I believe that's it. If you're outside or walking a dog, you can walk a dog. So, uh, her cousins are asking if anyone has a dog that needs walking cause they want to get out of the house. So that's what's going on. So, uh, and that prompted a, a puppy discussion in our house as well, but, uh, you actually need a pass if you're out of the house without, uh, for, uh, for any of those or not for any of those reasons, I can't even speak right now. You need a pass to show why you're out of the house. So, uh, that's what's going on in there. You have to walk outside with a, a note basically saying why you're outside um, if it's not for one of those reasons. So definitely crazy times. And, you know, this phrase comes to mind that this too shall pass. And uh, just because of the way everyone is resilient and, and things move on, you know, obviously we'll all get through this kind of stuff. So whatever you're going through personally right now with your family or whatever thoughts you might be having, just, just know we're all in this together and this too shall pass. So with that, um, we recorded this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show last week with Brian Clote, and he's a longtime Rockstar Inner Circle member. And we want to share this right now because it's a really a positive episode. So maybe this gets our minds off everything that's going on. And the first half of this episode is Brian sharing his real estate journey. And wait till you hear how he has purchased all the homes on his street. And not only does he own the homes on his street, he has painted them different colors for a very specific reason. So he shares his real estate journey um, and his journey with his wife and his his two daughters. And it's a really kind of great uplifting story. So we just thought it was really timely to uh, release this, even though we released it last, or sorry, we recorded it over a week ago. Um, we just thought it was really timely to release this right now. 
And um, the second half of the episode is Brian sharing his 100 Goals Club um, book and website that he started. So 100 Goals Club, the URL for it is 100, like the numerical 100, 100 goalsclub.com. And he's done a really good job with his book and this website. On the website, he has these categories of goals and it's all broken out into personal development, financial, travel, lifestyle, career, health and fitness, family and friends, adventure, giving back and legacy and hobbies and passions. So if you're looking for something else to do other than you know, check up on the media right now. Check out his website. It's a really positive kind of place to hang out. And, uh, you know, there's nothing I like more than getting up early in the morning with a blank sheet of paper, writing out some goals for myself and my family and for Rockstar. Um, it's just, that's a really special time for me early in the morning. It's how I focus and get things done. And so if you need a resource to kind of get you thinking, 100goalsclub.com might be a perfect time for this kind of stuff. So he shares that whole journey in this episode as well. And we are getting something out to Rockstar Inner Circle members about all the different real estate corrections that have happened in Canada over the last 20 years to share some perspective. So that's going out to Inner Circle members um, later this week. And I'm sure some of that information will, will trickle out through the podcast. We'll do episodes of the Your Life, Your Term show. I had imagined next week, I'm actually supposed to be in Jamaica right now, our family did not go last minute we canceled the trip last Friday we're actually thankful we didn't go now because uh, the resort is closing down I think tomorrow they're trying to get everybody out and, and flown home so we're thankful we stayed in Canada for that and uh, we will release real estate topics and that kind of thing through the Your Life, Your Term show over the next little while, as I mentioned. And if you haven't listened to the last episode of the podcast, now is a great time because that episode's all about money creation. And if you don't understand how money is created in this economy, you're not going to be prepared for what's about to come. So really get, if you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly recommend it. You need to know the rules of the money game if you're going to kind of win those the game for yourself and your family. So that episode, um, Money Creation, is worth listening to right now. And then we'll have updates on the economy and that kind of thing coming out through the podcast shortly. So that's everything for now. Enjoy, um, you know, enjoy the time at home with the family. Again, we, we wish everyone the best health and wealth and wisdom uh, during these times. That's it for now. Let's get on with this episode of the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Brian. And Brian, I'm going to say your last name. Hopefully I get it right because you just told me how to say it. <laughs> so Brian Clote. Beautiful. Oh, I got that it. That is perfect. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, we got it. So, Brian, this is a thrill for me because nobody has been as prepared for a podcast <laughs> as you are right now. So, I just, if you're listening to this, I just need to describe what's in front of me here. I have an email with, uh, it looks like 20 different items we can be talking about. And I thought that, I was impressed. I was like, wow, because we don't prepare really very much at all. We usually right. hit record and go. And then Brian comes into the uh, into the office here. You've set up your laptop. You're on my TV here with your presentation. 
in to have some points discussed. And not only that, you are so prepared that you've printed out this. Pre this presentation, I feel like this is a book. How many pages is this thing? This thing looks, I swear, in front of me right now, I must have 50 or 60 pages. So uh, if you're listening pictures. to this, we're going to be talking for six to nine hours today <laughs> about Brian. But Brian, no, we're thrilled to have you here because you have done, your real estate investing, you've done some crazy awesome stuff. And your book that you put together, now your website that ties into your book and your website ranking the way it is now we're going to talk about that yeah. so like we're, we're totally thrilled so i'm totally joking about your your preparedness no, here. no problem it's but just uh you're, I, <laughs> we i think we should hire you to organize all our podcasts i'm i'm, I'm in <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's uh let, let's start with i, I want to get quickly to your real estate investing stuff but can you just tell me a little bit um, and we can talk about your family and all, you know, your career and that whole bit. Yeah, yeah. But can you tell me, how did you get started investing in real estate? What does that story look like? Okay. What, what was that little okay. journey like? No problem. So uh, I would say in my uh, early 20s, one of the most influential people in my life was my karate sensei, believe it or not. And uh, he, you know, I, I trained with him for 10 years. And my karate sensei, when you're, when you're in with a really good sensei, you, you worship, you, he's your mentor, you want to do everything he does. And he ended up being, he was a real estate investor. So at some point, I can't remember exactly, but, uh, you know, after a while training with him, I realized that real estate was a logical thing for me to get into. And I remember going to him one day and said, you know what, I'm, I want to start real estate, what should I buy? And he said, you know what, just buy anything, you're going to make money, right? Like it didn't matter. But unbeknownst to me, this was the peak of the real estate market in 1989, yeah. 89, 90. You, yeah. You, you yes, I remember that well. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so I went out. So I went out and I bought my first property. So I was, I think I was 26 at the time, and I was leaving, leaving the comforts of my parents' home, and uh, you know it was very comfortable. My mom did everything for me, but I realized I, you know, I couldn't live like that forever. So I bought my uh, first duplex in in Hamilton, in Lower Hamilton, and it was 1989, the peak of the real estate mar market bought it for 150,000. It proceeded to go down over the next five years to 110,000 and took another five years to get back to 150, roughly, right? It was a 10 year cycle before it got back to what I paid. That, that sounds, yeah, I remember it because yeah. we tell everyone it was a nine year cycle for us because it was a Mississauga home that almost bankrupt our family. It was a nine year cycle, yeah. so nine, 10 years. Yeah, yeah that, that was the cycle, it was yeah. crazy. But the, the, the cool thing was that it was a duplex and uh, a friend of mine, and I wasn't, ha when, I, when I bought this place, I was not handy in, in the least. And uh, so I got a friend and he, and he, he was handy, but he, anyway, let's say he was way handier than I was. We built a basement apartment and over the course of three years, I lived in each of the three units, fixing each unit up. And we and I got married during that three year period. I was actually renting to my, my wife, Kathy. Uh, Is that how you met her? No, no. Oh, okay. She was renting somewhere else, and I said, "Hey, why don't you want to come and uh, pay me rent?" So you didn't move in. You, she didn't move in with you. You made her pay. This is a test. This is obviously a test to see if it's going to work out. You made her pay rent. I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, so we lived we lived in each. Well, I lived in one. You know, but a year, and then she moved in year two, and then for a couple of years, right? So after three years, I realized that I didn't want to live in this. I wanted to move back to Burlington, which was my hometown. And then we bought our first house on uh, in downtown Burlington, where we live now. Awesome. Right. So that, awesome. that's a, that's the start of my real yeah, estate experience. That's a great start. I mean, how yeah. much did you learn? You you survived a. How old were you when you bought the property? Uh, say twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. You survived yeah. one of the worst down cycles, and not one of the worst, the, the worst, worst real estate down cycle this country has ever seen. Yep. Um, <laughs> you you rent out the properties, you rent out to your future wife. <laughs> I mean, you learned a ton. You managed a triplex. You learned a ton exactly. of stuff. So then you're in Burlington and. 
you've done some crazy stuff in Burlington with properties, but yeah. I, but that's this is. You have a career that you're running in a family and stuff. Correct. So when you move to Burlington, you start a family. I don't even know, Brian. Do you, you, do you have kids? Yes, I got two girls. Two. What are their yeah. ages? Uh, 26 and 21. I yeah. hope I got that right, Kara yeah. and Maddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, cool. Yeah. And then so then you're in Burlington. You guys are living there. You're What what job are you in right now? You okay. were just telling me. What's the actual yeah. title of it? Okay, so, so um, I work for a company called Westcam. Okay, it stands for Westinghouse Camera. Okay, uh, it's one of the most successful companies in Ontario, one of Canada's top 100 employers. When I started with them in 1992, there was I was employee number 45 or so. Now we're over 1,100 employees. We make gyro-stabilized electro-optic infrared camera systems that we put on helicopters, airplanes, um, drones, military vehicles, ships, uh, for the purposes of military surveillance, um, all the kinds of things that um, are happening, the militaries are doing around the world to protect their citizens, right? That's who we're selling. Um, that's all export controlled and very tightly, um, you know, we, yeah, we got it. sell to got it. the allies of, our, of the U.S. and Canada, of course. Um, but um, so I am the uh, bid and proposal manager. I have a team of uh, 15 people, and all we do are issuing bids and proposals to customers that want quotes and, and pricing information. Um, and we generate hundreds of millions of dollars worth of bids every year. And so I've it's been, a Canadian found a Canadian so, founded company. Yeah, so it's founded in Canada. It was actually it came out of Westinghouse, uh, Westinghouse back in the day, and uh, the technology they developed out of Westinghouse wasn't uh, pertinent for Westinghouse's business, so they divested. Why do I know Westinghouse? Like this is like a big name <laughs> that I should know much more about than it's coming to mind right now. Yeah, well, they make appliances and they make a whole bunch of things. But okay, anyway, they divested a long time ago. The founder of of that of the product started Iztec isolation stabilization technologies and our product was Westcam, Westinghouse camera. Okay. And that, that goes back to the 1970s. And I started working for the company is in 1992 and I've been working for them. I have a 28, 29 is that year after career. school you graduated or something. Uh, I had a couple other jobs before that, okay. but only short term. Okay. What uh, did you take in school? I went to uh, DeVry Institute of Technology. Um, is DeVry still around? I remember all the DeVry commercials when I was growing up. <laughs> That's exactly why, you know, my dad and my mom and dad saw those and said, hey, this uh, electronics seems like a good future, right? And that's why I went. So I commuted two years and four months without a break. It was like a, there wasn't like a, a summer break. Yeah, program. it's like that short term, yeah. jam it all in. Yeah, yeah, got it. It was like the Finch and 400 area. So I commuted from home. I think they're home. gone. Is DeVry yeah, yeah, they're not there. I think they're in the U.S. now. It's DeVry University. Okay, got um, it. But I don't see the DeVry Institute okay. of Technology anymore. So I'm an electronic technologist. And the first, the first real job I got after graduating was at uh, Bailey Controls in Burlington. One of my specialties at school was control systems. And I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great to work for Bailey Controls in Burlington, where I, I grew up? So that was my first job. And then I ended up at Iztec, which is now Westcam. Wow. I feel like what you went to school for has a direct application into your career. This is so rare. I don't meet people like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I've been there. So the cool thing is that even though I've worked for the same company, we've gotten, well, actually, so in 2002, we got sold to a big U.S. defense company. Okay. And anyway, with the growth and with the being sold to a U.S. company and, and we just got sold, we just merged with another big U.S. company um, in the summer. It's like work. I've had like six or seven. I've had so do you get to go on to cool trips into the U.S. into some like def defense institutions where you need some crazy security clearance and you see all the stuff they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've really? Yeah. 
So Sorry. offline, you're going to have to tell me all of the secrets. <laughs> no, I don't even know if I want to know all that stuff. But uh, yeah, so super. I shouldn't say super cool because all this stuff probably is super scary, but uh, interesting. Well, definitely well, no, interesting. It's, no, it is super cool. And uh, most of the, app- the applications that we use our cameras for are to protect lives. So th- let's say you go out on the, in the woods and you're camping with your brother, Nick, and you guys get lost. Could that happen? Yeah, if we're following Nick for sure. Yeah. yeah, well, if that happened, they could call in a helicopter with a West, West, uh, West Cam camera and we could find you even at night because of the infrared heat signature that your bodies give off. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's those cameras that when people are looking for Bigfoot in the forest, you know, you see some of those cameras where they're trying to look for heat, different heat pa- uh, yeah. patterns in the forest, but it's that kind of thing. Yeah. The other thing that the other thing I tell people, because they know instantly what we do is we covered the OJ Simpson Ford Bronco pursuit chase. Do you remember seeing that? Yeah. That well, was your... Those were our cameras. Got it. We had cam- we were, at the time, we were selling to the TV stations in the U.S. We don't do that now. But they three of the cameras uh, in L.A., or three of the helicopters had our cameras on them. And I was in L.A. at the time watching it Very on TV. Very cool. Yeah. I've, I, you're, you're, you're really passionate about Just hearing you talk about this, though, I can tell how passionate yeah. you are. Okay, but I, I need to get yeah, over yeah, to yeah, the real no estate stuff because you have this cool story on the real okay. estate stuff. So you're in Burlington. You're living in Burlington. You have to tell everyone about your real estate investments on your street. You okay. got you to walk me through this. Like yeah. You're living on this street in Burlington, yes. and then you buy the house. Is it next door or down further down the street? Like How does yeah. this start? No problem. Wait till you, everyone listening to this, wait till you hear this story. This is crazy. Okay. Crazy in the best possible way. All right. So uh, in uh, 1992, we bought our first house. After, we, after the triplex in Hamilton, we kept the triplex. We moved to Burlington. We raised our family there in a small house, 1,000 square foot, one bathroom, two bedroom house, the four family four, which was fine, but we kind of outgrew it. But we loved the neighborhood so much, we, we knew we had to stay there. It was just really nice, close to the lake and everything else. Um, so we'd kind of been, um, so anyway, we had plans done up to put a big addition on the back of our house. But during this time, before we were able to execute, the house next door comes up for sale in 2003. Now, you got to remember, we've been managing this triplex in Hamilton for, from 1992, so 11 years. So it was natural, natural for us to think, hey, why don't we just buy the house next door, which already, it was like a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bathroom, so much bigger, and just rent out the one we were in. So that's how, that's how we bought our neighbor's house. So you bought, wait, you bought your neighbor's house, but you moved into that house? I think yes. I forgot that step. Okay, you moved into the we neighbor's house. We moved into house. it, yeah. We literally moved 30 feet to the right. Got it. Yeah, it was like it saved was on mover costs. You just carried yeah. your stuff over. You just got our friends and said, "Hey, move this armoire from this house it, to this house." Yeah, got it. Cool. I'm surprised you bought. So you guys were okay buying that after going through a 10 year cycle where real estate was absolutely horrible. You were yeah. still okay. Why? Absolutely. Uh, well, I don't know. I think uh, what that would have put it to. Yeah, you're right. It would have only been a couple of years after it kind of yeah. recovered. I don't. Well, actually, I can tell you why. Um, so it kind of goes to the roots of uh, of. Part of the rest of my story about the so basically when I was 30 years old I wrote out a hundred uh, life goals and we can talk later about how that came about but one of the life goals was to develop uh, a net worth it was a net worth goal to retire at age 65 with a two million bucks right I had no idea we had very little net worth at the time nothing but just I think the fact that we had set that back then it was a kind of an outrageous goal if you know what I mean and um, so I'm thinking okay how I just knew something was gonna happen. I didn't know how we were gonna make money but I think having set that goal sometimes things happen for a reason and for me it was like we bought the house next door you know what I'm saying cool so you <laughs> rent out so you move next door you rent out the house that you rent out that house as a single-family home rental right right yeah, yeah I think we're getting maybe eleven or twelve hundred dollars a month at the time Okay, got it. So yeah. you're renting that house out. Yeah. And then what happens next again? I forget the sequence of events here. Yeah. Like yeah. you have that house and then what happens? So that's 2003. So two years later. So the, the cool thing about the story is this house, the store, the street only has four homes on it. And so it's a small street, like a cr- little crescent where people can turn around. No, it's not like a, a crescent. Dead, it's just a dead end. No, no, no. It's right near, 
I don't want to divulge too much. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> going to hunt you down. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, it's a nice street. There's four homes in a block, an isolated block. So between one street and, and the lake, basically, there's four heritage homes. And, um, and so, so the cool thing is when you own, so we own two of the four yeah. houses. When the third one comes up for sale two years later in 2005, it was like, oh, my God, I wonder if we could buy that one. Right. So this is 2005. You, and, yeah. and the owner was sitting on a park bench across the street and we had no heads up that this, that this house was coming up for sale. And we thought, OK, we better go talk to him because we we heard that there was interest in the home. So we went over and talked to him. We went and we met with his eight. We didn't have an agent working for us. We went and met with his agent that night and placed an offer for two thousand dollars over asking price because we knew there was other interest. It was two hundred. We paid two hundred eighty seven thousand for that. How, how big of a house was it? A uh, thousand square feet. Yeah, small it. house. So is that like a thousand square feet, two bedroom house, maybe? Two, two, and the second bedroom, fairly small. Yeah, got it. Okay, but cool. character house, charming. Heritage, yeah, heritage house right next to the lake in Burlington. But the funky thing is he was a funky hairdresser and he actually ran a hair salon out of this house and he had the ceilings painted gold. He had all the kitchen cabinets uh, decorated with like uh, all kinds of, uh, I don't know, gems and everything. It was like crazy orange walls. It was like really crazy heritage house. So you buy this house, then what do you do? You, do you we, start renting that house out? Yeah, so we so we renovate it, we insulate it, we anyway we do we we neutralize the colors, right, and then we rent that out. So now we have three of the four homes. Okay, Got so it. that was two thousand to two thousand five. Mm-hmm. So then we're walking down the street, my wife and I one day, Kathy, and um, what year is this? Uh, two thousand six. Okay, next the next year. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, the next year. And the the neighbors who own the the last of the four houses were walking on the street, and they said, "Wow, you guys own three of the four houses. Like, I guess we should let you know if we ever plan on selling." And I said, yeah, but can you wait like five or 10 years to build up our equity? Well, do you know that Christmas time, there was a post-it note on our door saying, we want to talk with you. And I just knew right there that they wanted to sell and they wanted to move out to Victoria. So that, so that was in 2006. So we bought in, in, in 1992, 2003, 2005, 2006. But you then, didn't have your 10 years to build up the equity. So you managed to get the funding yeah, to buy that fourth yeah, home? So fortunately, uh, my parents were in a position to help us finance um, part, part of the home. Awesome. So, cool. Uh, otherwise, okay. yeah, we would have been. Okay. So yeah. this fourth home, what, what is this home now? Another rental property that you've rented out? Like, is it also like a two-bedroom heritage home? It's a, uh, it was a yeah, two-bedroom two heritage home, small, again, maybe 1,100 square feet. And we had to decide, do we move from the, the house that was bigger, that was the three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bathroom, to this house, which had a double-width lot, a uh, fireplace, granite counters in our kitchen, which we never had granite before. But really, I remember Kathy and I went over one night, and we lit a fire in the fireplace, and we just talked about what we should do. And I, I tell you, it was the, the fire that <laughs> closed the deal for us. But so you buy the close the deal to buy the house or oh, to, to, move, to, into to move into it. So yeah, you moved yeah, into this house. Yeah. Is this, the, is this one closest to the lake? Yes, is, yes, it is. Yes, okay. Yes. And so that's we, where you live today. That's where we live today. Yeah. Wow. So you own all the houses on your street now. Yes. And in fact, it's, it's its own postal <laughs> and, code. And you draw, it's its own postal <laughs> we code? We own our own postal code. No one else has ridiculous. our postal code. This is completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So when you pull into your house, you drive by these other three houses that you all own every yes, day. Every day. Yes. This is completely insane. Yeah. I want this. <laughs> and then you, you got to tell everyone, because you painted the houses now, no? Because they're heritage homes. Like yeah. What, what have you done? Okay. So you can imagine these homes were built in 1892, 1896, et cetera. So they must be beautiful looking little homes. They, they are now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, in fact, uh, I'm just going to call up. Oh, a, sorry. We have the presentation yeah. <laughs> on slide. There, what are, what, we're going there we over go. on slide 12. Okay. There we go. Oh, yeah. So, they are great homes. Yeah. Look at that. So we live in the gray one um, right there. So, um, well, 
Well, yeah, you can't see this, but and I wouldn't call these Victorian homes, but they are nice looking homes. Like those porches are are beautiful. Yeah. So we we actually restored them all. We found this master craftsman heritage renovator that really knows what he's doing and takes pride in every step of the the process and he he restored our porches and once we had the the porches restored we were doing so actually actually you know you know the game monopoly right what do you do once you own your four houses hotel hotel well we 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 couldn't build a hotel because their heritage designated three of the four you can tell yeah yeah but you've really fixed them up nice i mean the work you've done there that's beautiful thank you um, on the back of our house, we basically tore off a, a very poorly built addition, which was just really an entryway. And we built our dream house addition in 2014. And um, so when we were doing that and we were having the porches uh, rebuilt around the same time frame, we decided, like, let's let's paint the, let's paint our homes. And since we own all four, let's just take the opportunity to paint, like develop a color scheme for them. And uh, so well, you certainly have. Can you describe what you've done here? <laughs> Okay, so so this this leads to another. You can't see this picture, but yeah, if, Brian, if you got to lay this out for everyone. Okay, so I'm gonna lay this out. And at first, I was told so we were so we had an interior designer that we were working with as we were doing the renovations uh, on our house, and she, it was clear that she was very good with color selection, and so we actually hired a, a heritage designer by the name of Chris Cooper, and he specialized. He actually published the old home magazine in Ontario for a number of years really really amazing stuff and we hired him and he actually rendered all of our homes and was able to change the color palette on them to see what the different colors would look like and we were we were doing some crazy stuff and we were going back and forth and he really wasn't a good color guy not like uh, our interior designer so we we brought her into it and I said I had this crazy idea and I was embarrassed to bring it up right and what happened, so, so going back to my karate days, I went to a seminar called a Master Key Seminar that my, my karate sensei had sponsored. And I learned a personal affirmation at this, at this se- seminar. And it was, um, I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. And that really stuck with me to the point where I got obsessed with it. And I developed a whole uh, system of like goals and just personal filing around happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. So to do that, or to help organize that, I came up with a color for each of those words. So I came up, so I used blue for the color of happiness because for me, when I'm near water, I am I am the happiest when I'm near water. So that's the color blue, right? The next color uh, for health, I pick red. Color of blood, I know all people's blood hopefully are red, but I picked the red red for some reason, a dark, uh, d- deep red, and uh, so that was a color for for wealthy. It was green, the color of money, right? And for wealthy, uh, I chose gray because. You know, typically you got to be, you have to have some experience and some age behind you for wisdom. And typically older people have gray you hair. You said wealthy, so you mean wise. Wise, I'm sorry, wise, yeah, wise, yeah. happy, healthy, wealthy, yeah. wise. Sorry about that. And um, so that's how, so I had this color scheme going for a long time. And I thought, wouldn't that be cool if I had houses that were the same, you know, happy, healthy, wealthy, wise. So I was almost embarrassed to bring it up. I can talk about it now. But at the time I was embarrassed and I brought it up to the our t- interior designer with in front of my wife. And she said, that sounds good. Let's do it. And so we, we, but we picked the heritage colors. So they're all heritage colors, a heritage blue and So now each of these houses has painted these colors. Yes. Yeah. So you're one on the far end. So that's your, I'm colorblind. So you're going to have to help me out on the far left one. That's the blue Blue. one. Yeah. Blue. Got it. And and we, and we chose funky color doors. So heritage color doors, but it has a must. So blue house, mustard door, red house, a blue door, uh, green house. It's actually a purple door. And that I, I had that's a, cool. This was recommended by our designer, and I had a hard time with that. <laughs> but no, no, I think that's cool. We went with it, and then and then our house. So anyway, that's the story. You are a living, the color. breathing <laughs> Monopoly player. Yeah, you were you were looking at this picture of your street because now I'm seeing your street here. Yeah. You 
own a Monopoly street. Like this is completely ridiculous because your houses look like Monopoly cards. You know the little cards even yeah. with all the colors on the on the yeah. Monopoly cards? Yeah. This is too cool. I mean, this is insane. And uh, yeah, you're right. We'll just leave it as a mystery of what you have the name of the street up here. I'm not going to mention it so yeah. that you don't have drive-bys going on in Burlington. But like, if you ever find this street, you're totally going to know Brian Street when you see these four well, houses. I, actually, there. you know what, Tom? I think I, I, I can, I can, I have a website for these homes because I, oh, I, cool. I rent them, right? So I'm yeah, going to give you the, the website so people that want to see what we're talking about, if, okay, you, if cool. you go to gablesonthepark.ca. So I, we name them Gables on the Park because we live right across from a park. And, uh, and they, and the gate, you know, the peak homes are, are gables. So I thought that was kind of very cool. cool. Very cool. Yeah. You got it. So we, there's so much to talk about with you. So you got to flip <laughs> to me for a second. I want to talk about this duplex in or triplex or whatever it was in Hamilton yes. that you purchased in 1989. Did you really sell that to a rock star member? Absolutely. So you sold this. <laughs> so you bought this house in 1989. <laughs> it was that with Mike Desormo? Yes, it was. Yeah. So Mike Desormo was working with an investor here at Rockstar. Yeah. And you sell this triplex to this investor. Do yeah. they still own that triplex? They, to, they do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So I don't, do I don't, you know who it is i do and i, I don't know whether you'd want him want it to be known but yes you That's can, you so can talk cool. to him like, so uh yeah. so you sold why did so in 2014 it was time to kind of get rid of that one and move on to other things yeah if, if you want to know the uh, if you want to know so this is what was we, when we were into the we did the major renovation at, at our house like we just made major got renovation. It. Yeah. so we had we had i had done my time with some tenants in this house I just done my time and had dealt dealt with some. Yeah, everyone crap, has a. Pro- right? I tell everyone yeah. there's a, there's some properties that become your babies and you'll yeah. never sell. Of course, yours on your street there. Yeah, Gables on the park. park. Uh, Gables yeah. on the park. Yeah. You're of course those are your babies. But there's other properties every once in a while they run their life course with you and you're yes. just like you know what it's time to sell them. Yeah, uh, you have to check your emotions sometimes because sometimes it's too early to sell a property. Nick and I always joke that uh, every once in a while one, on one of our rentals something will happen and one of us will say just sell it. You know, just yeah. just get get rid of it. I can't deal with that property anymore. But we usually stick with it and renovate it or do something with it and we are always grateful that the other person talked us out of selling it because you know five or ten years later we look back we're like thank god we didn't sell it but every once in a while you just have to sell one i sold one of my rentals that i owned with my brother-in-law and it was just time you know it was we had to sell it so uh but that's freaky that a rock star member bought it it was and, and you know what good for him uh or bad for me because really uh i hadn't experienced the good appreciation over that period of time that people are experiencing who now. would have predicted the last 10 years right Right. So I, I think the, the member's done quite well. But, and not only that, I had f- fixed up every unit, like put in washer and dryer units in each of the three units. And like we had done major, and it was kind of, that was kind of the reason I says, I don't want to have to go through another renovation. It's looking good now. We needed some extra, you know, equity to put into our, our renovation on our street. So you were and, able to pull out from that property yeah, to help you accomplish yeah. everything that you've yes. done on, on Gables yeah. on the Park. This yeah. is too cool, man. <laughs> okay. I want to back up for one second. You got to tell me a little bit about what your daughters and your family. So I have some more context. Why are you so proud of your daughters? What's, what's the story with your daughters? Well, I'll start with my oldest, uh, Kara. She's uh, 26. She, uh, so she was a, she started gymnastics at the age of, uh, I think five or six and she, she worked hard at it. We went to hundreds of competitions, you know, the school gymnasiums, all that, you know, anyway, so, but what it led to, and this was with the Burlington Gymnastics Club and we got a, we were on going to the cottage one weekend. She got a call from her coach and she was getting an invitation to be on Canadian, the Canada's national rhythmic gymnastic team. Okay. Representing Canada. And they were going to train out of, uh, out of Toronto. And which is, which was amazing. So for like two years or maybe, maybe longer, but my wife, Kathy drove Kara to the gym in Toronto after school every day to train. And she ended up as part of the team. She ended up competing at the world championships in Moscow, Russia. And we went there to watch that. And it was incredible. 
How cool is that? Yeah, oh my incredible. gosh. How proud were you? Yeah. Oh, amazing. You're, yeah. Really yeah. proud. Wow. And uh, she went on to compete at the Pan Americans in South America. She helped qualify the team for the Olympics in 2012. She didn't make the final cut, but because she helped qualify the team, we went along, to, we went to London and we got to hang out and be with all the, the gymnasts and their parents. We got to go to uh, Canada house and, and we really got the oh Olympic experience. It was what kind of, it was kind of bittersweet. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah but still but the memories, still, yeah. still a, a sense of yeah. accomplishment and pride to pull yeah. that off. Yeah. And, and, and now she's, um, she, uh, she got her human kinetics, um, degree from Guelph. She's studying to be a, uh, osteopath seven year program. And she's like four years into that. Is that what an osteopath program is seven years? Yeah. But it's wow. part time. It's like uh, five days uh, a month. Okay, so, got like, it. so so if you're if you're a, if you're a, an RMT, let's say, or have yeah, some yeah. other physiotherapist, you can still get your okay, osteopathy. Got it. Is that while, how that works? Working, okay, yeah. okay, got it. And anyway, she's got her. She's I'm very proud of her. She's done very well uh, for herself. And uh, my other daughter, Madison, uh, who likes to be known as Maddie. And uh, she, she got into, she was in dance, was really good at dance, and she got into equestrian, and she just fell in love with horses. And I understand, is it your, someone, one of you? No, it's Nick's, Nick's daughter, daughter okay. is into horses, which I'm thrilled about, because between <laughs> us, Nick always thinks that I spend more money than him. And now that his daughter's into horses, I'm yeah. like, oh, well, your daughter's hobby now eats money. So <laughs> yeah, I'm really, so I encourage her on the side. I'm always telling, I'm always yeah. telling his daughter, his oldest, you know, yeah. you should tell your dad to buy a horse. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, yeah. you need your own horse. So I'm trying to plant the seeds to totally sabotage you. <laughs> I always resisted the horse. I, I didn't, I didn't fall for that. <laughs> but anyway, she, she loves, she, 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 uh, she was in the Trillium circuit. She made it to the A circuit, competed at the World Winter Fair. Uh, and then she's gone on to Western for nursing. She's in her last year of nursing and she get this. So she maintains a 90 average. She's co-captain of the, uh, Western equestrian team. She's in a sorority and she works out. She does F45 fitness classes almost every yeah, day. Wow, wow. So it's cool to see how proud you are of your family. I mean, yeah. you're like glow, you're literally glowing <laughs> as you share this. Brian, that's super cool, man. That's super yeah. cool. I'm sure you and your wife are, are yeah. really, very, really proud very, very proud. Of, of course you should be. Yeah. Awesome. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, now next thing, this vacation, like what are you up to you're, now? You got like a vacation. Is it a vacation condo that you've, yes. you also own? What's uh, the deal? What, okay. So, what, so that's it right there. So I got a picture here. So, we uh, in June of the, in June of 2019. Um, so kind of a real short story, but my wife works at a restaurant. They have a sailboat in this restaurant. The developers of this There's condo a sailboat in the restaurant. Yeah, like a miniature. You know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm envisioning this master sail, massive sailboat in the restaurant. Okay, got it. So there's this condo development in Port Dalhousie, which is St. Catharines, right on the water, and it's nautical themed. So they wanted the sailboat to go into the sail center for this condo development. That's how my wife found out about it. So she told me about it, went on the website, said, oh my God, this looks amazing. So this is a hundred year old. So here's the other cue in, right? This is a heritage building built a hundred years ago or so. It's a, it's a textile factory and they're going to convert that into heritage loft condos on the water with your own dock, your own boat slip. Beautiful. So we, we went in there in uh, the, the summer of 2019. Uh, we went in and we said that just felt right. And we just bought a condo on the spot. We, we didn't, we weren't planning on it, but it just, we said, this is our perfect retirement. I'm still amazed that like after your horrible 10 year period with real estate, it's like, it didn't even phase you. You went and bought all the houses on your street. You're buying vacation properties. Like it seems, it seems cool. I mean, you're obviously well past it, but most people will, when you have such a definitive formative experience in your life at a certain age, like your age, it usually steers people away from stuff. I always thought Nick and I were a little freaky that our family almost lost everything in real estate and we kind of stuck with it. And I see that there's obviously other people like yourself who've done the same. 
Um, so many people are, you know, have one bad or negative experience and just run away from whatever they were trying. You look like you, you, you quadruple down on your street on what you on, on what you're doing and now the vacation property as well. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's super cool. And is there another, I'm trying to, I don't want to miss anything. You also want a hotel suite or is that something different? Yeah. So this is it right here. So, uh, Harry Stinson, who some of you may know, he was, uh, I believe he's credited with kind of starting the, the condo boom. In, in Toronto, I, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, but, yeah, okay, the one, okay. okay. Anyway, okay. anyway, so he went on. He so he he went on to Hamilton to did a bunch of heritage restoration on some amazing uh, buildings. The Stinson School Loft is one of them. Interesting thing. He found his name is Stinson, and he he un, uh, you know unconnected with his family, he found the Stinson School Lofts and totally converted that into condos. He's since gone on to Buffalo, and he bought this hotel. And uh, it used to be called the Adams Mark, and now it's the Buffalo Grand Hotel. And we just, uh, we got, you know, we learned about him through a real estate and, uh, and a seminar, and we thought that's really cool. We went to check it out, and we said, and the, the, the neat thing is we're able to take money from our RSP and just transfer it into this investment, and now we own a hotel suite. Got it. Even though it's an American investment, still RRSP eligible, I guess the way it's all been because set it's up a Canadian, in Canada. It's, yeah, it's a Canadian company that bought the property. Got it. Okay. So it's got totally, it. yeah. Yeah, holy smokes. Okay, so there's that, and then you you're writing a you, you what? Yeah, tell me now. Tell me about what's the whole hundred life goals? Let's let's get into this here a little bit because you alluded to it earlier. Yeah, hundred life goals is something that you started when when you were younger. You wrote this out. How okay. did this come to fruition? All right, so uh, so back back to my karate days. Everything seems to go back to then. I was a very influential part of my life, but I, he really introduced me to the whole field of self help. And, and I started, you know, I'd go at lunch and I would listen to cassette tapes by like Jim Rohn and uh, Brian oh, Jim Tracy. Rohn. Jim Rohn, some of my favorites. Uh, he, Jim Rohn, I, I, I don't have his, uh, his book right handy right now. His, I went and just bought his treasury of quotes. He has a book called the, Jim I have Rohn. that. I yeah. have that. Oh great. my gosh. Yeah. His quotes, Jim Rohn, if you're listening to the Jim Rohn is Tony Robbins mentor, Correct. mentor. Uh, Jim Rohn passed away. I feel like it's probably ten years ago. At now. least ten. Yeah. Yeah. Both Nick and I have been very influenced by his uh, his writings, his storytelling, his personal development approach was f- fantastic. So I'm not surprised that he makes, inspired that makes me a lot time. of sense. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, but when you when you get introduced to the self help field and reading these books, and I know you guys have read many of them, if not all of them. <laughs> no, I don't know if all of them. We've read a lot. Yeah, anyway, yeah. they they all talk about the importance of goal setting in one way or another. And it just resonated with me. And I, at some point in my 29th year, I said, I'm going to write out 100 life goals before my 30th birthday. I said, how cool would it be to kind of, you know, get conviction around 100 life goals by the time I turned 30, a major milestone. And that's what I did. And, uh, and one, of those, one of those goals was to write a book. And it was basically to write a book to pass down to future generations of my family that they could read about their, their great, great, great grandfather. So you write out these, this uh, list before you're 30 and then what, you just toss it somewhere? No, 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 no. Uh, you know, I, I do it in a spreadsheet. I'm a spreadsheet maniac. Uh, everything I do is in a spreadsheet, but anyway, so that became a focus and for 10 years, it was a huge focus and I, you know, I was, we ticked a bunch of them off and everything. And what I found is that it's okay to rewrite your goals. So every time I turned a new decade, so when I turned 40, I said, these hundreds were maybe a little bit overambitious at the time. I'm going to come up with another set of goals. And I came up with 37. So now 37 was a magic number and I had 37 goals. And some of them were, some of them were the same as the original hundred. Some of them were, were new sure. ones. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the point is that I became uh, very focused on, on goals and, and goal achievement and, and planning and stuff, mm-hmm. especially around like a decade birthday. 
Um, and and we're goal driven animals, you know. We <laughs> we need goals. Like you need something to strive for. Like you can go through periods of your life just a little aimlessly if you just want to relax and stuff. But ultimately, without the goals, you can feel a little lost in life. Absolutely. Um, so that's really cool. At thirty seven. Yeah, you're just reminding me one of my goals. I think when I was like thirty or something, I was like I wrote down something saying I want two point five million dollars free and clear, uh, free and clear cash flow every month. Two point five million a month. <laughs> so just talking about like yeah. you know overreaching yeah. there. No, yeah. it's. It, it, so we're not at that point, definitely. <laughs> but I did revisit that goal. I'm like, okay, maybe that one's a little ambitious to, to have that goal. So you sometimes do have to update your goals. Yeah. You still want to think big. You definitely right. want to think big. But uh, I had to make that a little bit more realistic. But go I, on. Okay, so you I, have these 37 goals. Yeah. So, so I, I have a solution to that. And you call those outrageous goals. So my book talks about it. So you have target goals, which are the ones that are, they're still stretch goals. But the ones that you want to set as out, you, you can call them outrageous and you can dream big. But you won't kill it. You won't beat yourself up if you don't get there. Totally. Right. So I like that. So anyway, uh, so what happened? So Kathy, uh, she she came across, I think it was a Groupon special to go to a Tony Robbins investment seminar in Toronto in 2017, I think it was. Right. Were you there? No. Uh, uh, 2017. No, I wasn't there. I've never been to a Tony Robbins thing. It's something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. The only time I ever went to a Tony Robbins thing was the learning annex that I don't even think exists anymore. Yeah. Brought him in, I want to say in the year 2008 to the Metro Toronto Convention Center. He came in and after him was Donald Trump. I got to I got to share this story. Tony Robbins is the first time I've ever seen him. I've all, I've read his books. I've listened to Personal Power 2. I listened to Personal Power 2, his program. I can't tell you how many times. Mike Desormo has, Ruben Furtado has, Nick yeah. has. We all have. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, very, very kind of powerful effect on my personal life. And he comes to Toronto. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go see him. It was just like a 30 minute talk. It wasn't his like full weekend thing. Yeah. We go and hear him. I, I, I'm about 20 rows back, maybe 30. We're pretty close to the front. There was tens of thousands of people there. It was huge. We're up on our chairs, like screaming, you know, like uh, our arms are waving in the air. And Tony Robbins comes like running down the aisle and he's like, he looks over at me and he makes eye contact with him. I'm like, oh my gosh, Tony Robbins just made eye contact with me. I'm going to make, I'm going to achieve all my goals. You know, it's like, super pumped we were like we were all pumped up nick was there you know we were all so ecstatic he gets off the stage we sit down in our chairs we're like wow that was amazing the next talk on is a donald trump donald trump comes on the stage and uh he has about five girls on each arm first of all he comes on the stage his arms around the girl next to him but there's like four more girls on each side okay he comes walking on the stage like this and he looks over kind of in disgust at where tony robbins had exited the stage and he said, well, I don't know how you make money by jumping up and down and waving your hands on a chair, but I guess some people will believe anything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, remember, that is... I remember sitting there. I remember that. And I had read The Art of the Deal by this point, so I was really interested in hearing Donald Trump speak. And I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, he just slammed this guy. That's complete. <laughs> Just like, and we all just look at each other like, oh, I guess we're like, we're the idiots that we're like all pumped up and stuff. And I can't even remember what else he spoke about that day, but uh, he really, he, it was just such a shocking statement. Anyway, that's my whole Tony Robbins experience, but I do want to go to one of his things. So he, in Toronto in 2017, yeah. you went to so it. So we're there. So another, so one of the other speakers that day was Raymond Aaron. I don't know if you know him. I know Raymond Aaron. Okay. Yep. So he's co-author of the chicken soup for the parent soul and the Canadian soul. And, but he was pitching a program on, on goal setting. 
right? And it, it was very, it was very good pitch. He's actually one of the master salesmen. Yeah, he's so, good. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it. I've never bought anything from him, but I've been. I think he was at the Learning Annex that time yeah. too. Anyway, I've, I think I've heard him close a room. He's he, really good. He's actually sold closed in one one session a million dollars in sales. Crazy. So anyway, he was that good, and it's a good thing Kathy was with him because there's no way. Hold you back. Your visa was going on yeah. fire. So so anyway, we, we bought his uh, his goal setting program, and it was a men- mentor program, and um, that led to a seminar where he was pitching writing a book and guess what I had a goal to write a book and Kathy was with me and thank fortunate again and we said let's we signed up for it not knowing at the time what I was going to write a book about right I know I didn't really know but I knew that I wanted to write a book so that that's that's how I ended up writing you know what I love about that too many people are just waiting for the perfect everything to take action you just knew you wanted to write a book you didn't even know what you wanted to write about you just went out and did it that's how you get shit done yeah so good for you and then obviously made sense you wrote your book I wrote my uh, book. And, and I love the way you've broken out your 100 life goals. Can you just talk about this just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Because so, I think everyone needs help. Sometimes you need help on figuring out what, like, what are my career goals? What are my goals around health? Right. So, so when I had written my original 100 goals when I was 30, I had categories. I had broad, very broad categories, but they're not exactly the ones I put in my book. I, when I did the book, I wanted to make it more applicable to the average person because I had some goals about karate. I had a quote category on karate. I thought, okay, people aren't going to relate to that. So... Anyway, I took some of the categories and I, and I really... It's like one of your goals is like, I'm going to kick someone's ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to meet yeah. someone on the street who's <laughs> disturbing some old lady. I'm going to go up to them and just kick their ass. Not Brian, you can tell Not us. I know that was one of Not your goals. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so anyway, so the categories I came up with are personal development, health and fitness, uh, family and friends, finan- or, uh, hobbies and passions, financial, career, adventure, travel, lifestyle, and giving back and leaving a legacy. So 10 categories, and I I came up with 10 10 specific goals in each category that kind of, and I put a lot of thought thought into this. And I can tell. (laughs) If you can tell the way they're structured, they're kind of structured from like, okay, where do I start in this this area? Where do I start and where do I get to? And they're kind of built that way, kind of as as building blocks. So really, you could look at it, hey, these are 10 10 goals with like 10 steps, or you could say these are 100 life goals, uh, whatever. Because, you know, 100 is a big number, and everyone, some people would say, well, that's crazy. Uh, No, it's not crazy. And these are good, man. I love that one. I, I like number 70, climb a mountain. Yeah, Let's pick a mountain and climb it. Yeah, yeah. The, the cool thing about that is, so in the in the Raymond Aaron course, we had a, a session called "Write Write Your Book" workshop one day, and we actually uh, we submitted to a designer somewhere um, like the total the title and concept for a book, and they came back like the next day with draft artwork for the book cover, and guess what was on it? A mountain. A mountain. Yeah, perfect. I didn't end up going with that, but that inspired that yeah, that cool. particular goal. Yeah, yeah. Some of these are smart ones too. Like, look at number ninety six. Prepare your will. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. trace your ancestry. I like these ones. Volunteer in your community. These are great. Donate to charity. Under health and fitness, play a sport. Develop a long life mindset. Yeah. Find your life partner. Treat your partner as a VIP. What a great one. That, 23. Treat your partner as a VIP. I yeah. feel like you have a great relationship with your wife. We, yeah. Yeah. We, we, have a, we have a great ever relationship. Ever since you stopped charging her rent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. was a little aggressive. <laughs> that was a little but, aggressive. But uh, ever but, since then, I'm sure it's great. The bad thing Get on a regular date nights. That's something I do with Carol and I love our date nights. Yeah. I get frustrated when sometimes we'll just go through a period in our calendar where for whatever reason, I don't have them booked out right. and I'm always frustrated until I get those booked out. Like that time alone with Carol, not with our children. I love my kids. Yeah. It's so fantastic, man. Yeah. You know, it, right now we're doing a little bit of a Friday night routine. Carol, uh, our, my daughter Sienna dances in a competitive dance. 
and uh, we have this like 90 minute window where we can go grab dinner on Friday nights together. Yeah. The other night we were something at the Rockstar offices, the front door was all a mess. And I have great friends, Mike and Ruben were here and they said, Tom, get out of here. They knew I was going to this dinner yeah. and I literally had a 90 minute window and they handled it for me, allowed me to go to dinner, have a little bit of wine yeah. and enjoy it. I was so grateful for two things, to have such great friends that would kick me out of our office <laughs> to allow me to do that. And then to get the time to spend my, with my wife without the kids around just for us to communicate. Yeah. So that's such a, uh, that's the, that alone on my personal relationship has been a hugely valuable thing yeah. that date night yeah. I'm hogging your life goals no, I apologize no no that's that's perfect that's that's what I want the, to hear. the family and friend one's so good be there for your children yeah. have regular family meetings yeah this is great so this is this is outlined in the book this is out so I have basically one page uh, one page per per goal in the book <clears throat> but I, I gotta say uh, Tom so being part, a rock star VIP member right you guys are teaching us how to be entrepreneurial so I'd written this book, and I, you know, as part of the book, <clears throat> excuse me, they um, they say okay, you got to develop a website to promote your book. But I knew what I was going to get through their program wasn't going to be what. Listening to what you guys are talking about, I, <laughs> I knew that I got to do something better than that, and that's where I learned through one of your. I can't even remember where I learned. I've heard you talking about it a few times. It. Yeah, yeah. But you talked about building a website, and you were recommending the Solo Build It platform. Highly, highly recommending it. Everybody makes fun of us for that platform. I just think it's such a competitive advantage. I'm like, I don't know. This thing works. I, so so I checked it out and I thought, you know what? I can do this. And the, the, the cool thing is I can do it without having to hire someone. And That's what's so great about that platform. It is awesome. And uh, so I got credit. So basically I said, well, what am I going to put on the website? And I said, well, I've already written 100 topics. Why don't I just put my book on the website? Because the reality is that people who write books, they sell to their family and friends right? The average person, right? You're not going to sell a million books and you, you know that, right? I mean, you guys, I'm sure you've sold we've a paid, lot of books, the, the joke on our book is that we've paid, we have a free book that we give away. It's Income yeah. for Life for Canadians is our primary book. Yeah. We've spent hundreds of thousands. We should add it up. It's probably over a million dollars away uh, on giving away our book. Like <laughs> adver- to give away a free book, we've paid over a million dollars in yeah. advertising to give but, it away. And there's a good reason to do that. Yeah. So, so I put the content of my book on the website and I launched it out there and it was, so I have like, a lot of a fair bit of content from what's the URL for that website? 100goalsclub.com. 100goalsclub.com. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So you took the content. We call that repurposing content. So you've yeah. repurposed the content in the book correct. and developed a website out of that using Solo Build It to do it. That's correct. Super smart. Man. So I learned. So I did it from That's scratch. a learning curve, man. It that is. is a big learning curve. It is. And, and it's, it doesn't come quick, right? So it's all about uh, optimizing search engine options, like picking your keywords. And then optimizing that, and I, I've learned so much. And I and I got. When it, did you start it? How long ago? Uh, I'm gonna say I think it went live in uh, June of 2018. June of 2018. So we're almost two, not quite two years. Yeah. And how's that? Pro- yeah, I'm curious. How's that process been going? So so I've been seeing uh, steady growth. Uh, I think it's roughly 10 percent per month growth. Yeah, awesome. And I'm getting a real pickup. In fact, uh, just uh, a few days ago. So my, one of my keywords is 100 life goals. And it's kind of weird because you think, well, how many people are searching on a 100 life goals? It turns out there, there's a bunch. But I've generated, I'm getting uh, about between two and 3,000 uh, visitors every month on, and probably three, two-thirds of that is on just that keyword alone, right? Yeah, awesome. Man. And, and that, but then I realized that I can do much better than that. So I'm also trying to uh, just uh, refocus the keyword on life goals. And there's the, the thing is when you understand keywords and optimization, there's like the uh, demand for a keyword and then the supply. 
I feel like a proud father right now listening <laughs> to you. Yeah, you go on. You preach it, Brian. You, you explain it. Yes. And in the case of, so 100 life goals, there's, uh, you know, there's not a ton of demand. There's, you know, there's not a ton of supply, right? So I could take advantage of that. But in terms of life goals, there's, uh, there's way more demand, but there's way more supply. You're, I'm competing You're with guys like Tony market. Robbins yeah, yeah, and yeah. Jack Canfield yep, and everything yeah. else. But, you know, like three months ago, I was on page like 25, like pay, not number 25, page 25. Yeah, nobody going, no one seeing you yet. In the last week, I am now on page two. Yeah, awesome. On, on, on life on the, goals? On life goals. No. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So like I've seen it move up and I'm seeing a big change in the traffic to the site. And yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Just, we'll talk after this podcast. I have a couple ideas on, on stuff okay. that we might be able to help you and push that a little bit further. Awesome. So uh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Holy smokes. Um, so that website's become something that's, so it's, it's kind of an extension of the book now. It is. But the best part about you putting that website together, you've learned valuable marketing skills that you can apply. I know you have a beautiful career unfolding in front of you, yeah. but you can apply these skills to anything. You can pass these skills around down to your children as well correct you know so this this is why i get so excited about this stuff this is the stuff that if you i know you have a great job but god forbid something happens and you're you don't have this job anymore the you need all of us if you're listening to this as a canadian i strongly believe that there is no better thing to give you personal freedom than the ability to generate demand for something you might be selling one day sir you you might run life goal uh, workshops or clinics And you can drive demand on your own for that. No middleman. You don't have to get refer uh, people referring to you. You can do it all by yourself. That's complete autonomy of life. It's it makes me happy when I see. And you don't need to do that right now. You you have this as a bit of a side hustle that's growing right. and growing. That's right. And who knows where this goes for that's you? Right. That's like kind of I could exciting. see this growing to you into kind of like a retirement thing where you evolve your career into something like this. That's uh, exactly that's exactly where I'm going with this. In fact, I am getting close to. Uh, well, I, I'd say I'm within three, three to five years of retirement. Yeah, really, eh? Yeah. You're young still, but I'm, you've been working there. For, I'm for, 50, uh, 50, I'll be 57 this summer. Yeah, you're looking good, Brian. Well, thank Way you. to go, man. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So, you know, when you get to your late 50s, you start thinking about retirement. But I got to tell you, I, I, I get, sometimes I get depressed when you think about retirement because the whole aspect of retiring, it's kind of means you're... It's a concept that's only existed since the Industrial Revolution. Like, I mean, before we went through this, there was no retirement. Like, my grandfather in Croatia was on on the vineyards on his horse. I remember him in his 90s coming through a rainstorm back to the little village, to our little house there. Um, He was working till the day he passed away. You know, like, there's this concept of retirement. Like I said humans, we are animals that need goals. We need a target. That's just how we live. That's how we're created. So many people, when they retire and don't have a goal, you hear the story all the time. They pass away. We always need goals, you know? So it's cool that your book is like perfectly segueing you into your own retirement to keep you focused. Totally is. And not only that, I have a hundred goals to focus on and I want to take it. Like, I know you guys say like, when you develop your content, go deep, like develop a lot of content. So, I mean, they're on each of those goals. I can, like, I've only got, uh, maybe what are I, some of your favorites? Like some of your most, you know, important, notable, like what are, what are some of your personal favorite goals um, that you've achieved yourself or for other people? You name it. Oh my gosh. That's uh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I, I think I'm most passionate about health and fitness is, is, is so important. And one thing I've learned, um, is that when you, when you retire, you, 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 your number one job when you retire is to exercise. 
that's what's going to keep you vibrant, healthy, energetic, for the rest of your life. And so health and fitness for me, like is extremely, extremely important. And I have, I have 10 goals related to health and fitness. Um, but I think, uh, if I'm looking at adventure, adventure is really cool. The, the adventure goals are the things that you get excited about. And to me, an adventure goal. So I got adventure goals broken down into categories around water and land. Yeah. The and, adventure goals are cool. Man. Yeah. And, and that's what I want to do more of and, and climb a mountain. Some and of our like family's that, right? best memories, you know, um, Mike on our team was talking to me about this and he was saying, you know, Tom, what, what memories or experiences? I think he heard this on a Tim Ferriss podcast. Uh, he was talking to Ryan holiday and he, they were saying what life moments or memories would you pay to relive right. that they were that good. And a lot of mine are on the adventure side with my family. And uh, Carol and I were talking about this the other day that sometimes when we go into Europe every year to our place on the Adriatic sea there, we'll stop in Barcelona or Paris with yeah. the, the, the kids and do some little adventure in these cities, London, you know, wherever we're stopping. And those little moments, those little side trips on top of bigger trips, become these little adventures for us right. and all of us the the kids and us we just those we remember forever we talk about those experiences we might be in these cities only for two or three days before we head over to uh, to the other part of europe where we hang out for about a month or whatever but those little trips are just so much fun like yeah. i don't know there's a, just a certain energy about them and uh those are the things that I think those adventure goals are the things you're going to remember for your whole life. I see you have a parachuting uh, picture up yeah, here. Yeah, That's something I'm, yeah. I'm never, oh, no. I'm never going to, no, I've done it. I've done it. I'm oh. just never going to forget it. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was freaking scary, man. I like it so much that I decided I'm going to do it on my 60th, 70th. You are, eh? Yeah, oh my God. You know why I'm scared to do it? When the parachute opened on me, the guy, yeah. I was tied to a guy like you are yeah. there in that picture and uh, we hit turbulence with the parachute open and oh. we we dropped, I guess, about 100 feet before the parachute caught air, caught air again. Ooh. And the guy was talking to me and he was like, it was in Dundas, Ontario. And he said, look over there, you're going to see like the escarpment. And then over there, you know, it's Lake Ontario bending around Hamilton and that way is downtown Toronto. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we hit this turbulence, we dropped and the parachute recaught. And he was like moving his arms, I guess, to like open the parachute a little bit. He was silent the rest of the way down. I was just freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, are we going to die? I thought the parachute, once it's opened, we're good. You know, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize there's still turbulence and stuff like that. But anyway, it sounds like you're going to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. The other, the other goal that I'm, I'm really, uh, really proud of. We did this a long time ago as a family, but one of the goals was to teach our children, our children and explore Canada, our country, right? Explore your country. And we got a big country and we set out actually. So we, we found this Canada Opoly game board and we planned a trip. We, one year we drove out West visiting all the spots on the Canada Opoly game board. So you can't see this, but it's a Monopoly board that's done Canada Opoly. Yeah. Yeah, got it. So cool. like we did the Big Nickel and the Canadian Mint and we did uh, the dr Drum Heller, You're the crazy, Dinosaur. Man. Yeah. You're crazy. You're our kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, good good for you. But that's, you know, that, that's one of those trips that, you know, with a four, family of four and Kathy's parents in the, in the minivan driving across Canada, that's the sort of thing that creates family lasting memories. And that, that's really cool. And we, I can tell you, we would not have done that had I not written that down as one of my 100 life goals at age 30. Yeah, time gets away from you. Get busy. You don't plan these kinds of things. Right. Wait, right. Do you do you have one upcoming? A family trip? Your kids are older now. Hard yeah. to rope them into some of your trips. Anything planned with the family now? Uh, Look at all this. Where where are you guys here? What's the top left picture there? So so that was uh, in the French Polynesia. On so we celebrated Kathy and I our twenty fifth wedding anniversary on the Paul Gauguin cruise ship in French Polynesia, Tahiti, Bora Bora, yeah. Morea. And that was wonder. That's that's a picture of us in Moscow for the World Championships, uh, in London for the uh, the Olympics in 2012. We've been to Maui. Our favorite place in the world is 
Maui. We've been there five or six times. We've taken the family there. We've we swam in waterfalls. We've done. We've hiked. Uh, we've gone up the Haleakala, the, the volcano. Um, we just we just love traveling. Kathy and I. We've got two big trips uh, this year planned. Um, now this isn't necessarily the greatest year to be traveling, but we have booked. Uh, we have booked our trips. You'll still be able to get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So uh, travel is a big part of our life. Kathy loves to travel. She loves to plan out. Uh, she she doesn't want to miss out. So we do a lot of planning to make sure that when we're there, you know, in case we don't get back there, that we've we've hit all the high spots. Uh, so it's 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 a really fun. It, and I got to say, you know what? Like as a real estate, time to bring this back to real estate. It as a, as a straight employee working for where I do we would not have been able to look after our children have them involved to the the levels they're involved in to do the kind of travel we've done without without having real estate as the foundation and right. that's a, yeah that's so interesting and yeah I, i'm t- sometimes i just take that for granted because we're all real estate investors here yeah. typically when we're talking on this podcast i take so much of that for granted and how are you do your kids think do you think they understand that you know, now they're in their 20s. Your oldest is about your age when you start. Right. Sometimes I wonder, you know, I've, I've kind of tricked my son into reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad because, I, you know, I kind of slip little things. I, I've even bribed him to read uh, different things. And I have something else planned for him shortly that I'm not mentioning yet along these lines. Yeah. But do you, it's, do you I, feel I, they, they are understanding that? I think, yeah, I think in our case, they, they understand it, but I, I still, I still worry. It's a different world than I think when, when we are starting to some extent, but you know what? I, I believe that if you're focused on self-help and improvement and goals, like really there's no stopping. You know what? You, you're right? important you got- something. That's the foundation, the, the personal development aspect. You know, I just picked up one of Robin Sharma's newer books uh, because I haven't, yeah. I kind of went through a phase in my twenties that I read, I think every single personal development book I could get my freaking hands on, like everything personal power too was stuffed into my ears while I was driving around, yeah. you know, Brian Tracy programs like all the same things that you're mentioning for years and years and then eventually I went to a little bit more I don't know if I would call it practical but a little more on the street stuff like I transitioned to sales and marketing like how am I going to apply my mindset had now opened to the idea that I could create my own life as ever I however I wanted to create it and I started transferring to like entrepreneurship and business building and marketing and some of this website stuff because you know my my focus shifted and it's been really really great to marry that personal development with some practical skills in the real world. But now it's interesting. I find myself circling back to some of that mindset stuff. I don't know if you were at the, the VIP class in the fall, but we shared some rock star mindset stuff. Some of them are principles around mindset. Did, yeah. We're going to be doing that the next VIP class too, because it's, it's, it is the foundation. You need to have the proper mindset to be able to pull off, you know, achieving some of the goals that you're talking about. Right. And, and, and the people and the people and the, and the youth of our today uh, that aren't focused on self-help and personal development they're they're not going to be able to live the kind of lifestyles that we've been fortunate to live in, in you many think cases. so eh? yeah but it, not if they're not paying attention to that right yeah. they they got to be they got to be sending these no 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 and i'm just yeah. asking you, you yeah. really believe it and well, i do too i'm just it's it's an interesting point you know well this, when you when you look at the stats and you you're the master of looking at stats mm-hmm. right the amount of the average net worth of the average family in north america Right. It's not, it's it doesn't totally. allow them to travel and, you know, explore and do adventure like the way we want to do. You know what, you know, what's crazy about that is that all this information about buying properties like you have and mm-hmm. you're creating your, your <laughs> monopoly street the, the way you have all this information is available to all of us. I just find that sometimes in, in, in kind of the average person's defense, you're so busy. Like you, you get a job to try and pay your bills and you might have some relationship issues. Maybe you don't have a good upbringing. Your parents weren't like I was lucky enough. Our parents got divorced, but they were very cordial. Like everything was, you know, we managed to get through that. Okay. Um, our parents now are back together. Um, but, uh, 
you know, depending on your upbringing and what you're exposed to in your environments and like, totally. I can totally yeah. see how some people would not have this personal development right. aspect to their life. And I just feel like I can relate to them. I can have empathy for their position. And I feel like when there's people like you out there and myself, hopefully we're trying to tell people, Hey, if you haven't picked up, picked up think and grow rich or, you know, the monk who sold his Ferrari, Robin Sharma's book, or any, you know, the greatest salesman in the world, like any of these personal development book, Tony Rob, anything by Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, yeah. do so. Like it can completely change your life. So many people are stuck in their own negative thinking. Um, it's frustrating to me to see the potential of people and they're in their own way. Right. You know? Yeah. So that, that's totally true. And the reason I have of the 10 goals categories, I have the very first one, if you'll notice is personal development. That's the foundation. Right. That's, that's, I started with that. So I, I, I put a lot of thought into how I organize those. And, I can uh, totally tell you that. It, no, it's really, it's really done. What, what um, the, uh, the, your goals, do you have some of your big goals that are not fulfilled yet that are bugging you, itching at you? Like what are some of the ones you can yeah. tell us, you can yeah. reveal it here. What are some of the ones that you've put on your list that you okay. have not hit? Okay. The, the, the one I'm, uh, the one I haven't hit that I, it bugs me. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lay it is, there. So Kara and I, so when Kara was like, I don't know, she might've been eight years old. We were talking about goals. Uh, I this can't is remember. your youngest? My, my oldest. 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 And I said, pick a goal that we will we'll do together. Right. And that goal uh, is to ride our bicycles around Lake Ontario, like the whole lake. <laughs> How okay. long would that take? It's it's about it's over a thousand kilometers. OK. Right. Okay. And so if you do, I figure 100 kilometers, 100 kilometers a day. A day. Right? OK. Yeah. yeah. You know, if that's, you do that day after day. I probably could. You need a comfy seat on that bike, man. <laughs> oh, I, I know. And, and anyway, so that's that's one of the. So when I wrote the goal, it was uh, it was. a OK. I'm going, hey, this sounds cool. Let's do it. Now I realize that was an outrageous goal. So, you know, I would, I still really want to do it. You've said it. I said it. I know. I know. It's out there. Now you're going to do it. Yeah. Now you're going to do it. Now you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, Cool. I I think that'll be one of those goals. You know, once I, once I'm actually retired, because I I plan on staying in, you know, good shape and I can tell that's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, anyway, so there's no reason I can't do that in my sixties or even seventies. Right. I mean, there's some amazing people and there's, there's people skiing in their seventies and eighties. You know, is this really one of your goals that I'm reading? I am an active VIP member of rockstar real estate to learn about. Yes. That is so cool. So, so this was in 2017. That, that is freaking me out. <laughs> one of your goals. Because one of our goals was to start a business where we could hang out with people like you. So this is literally having this conversation with you on the other side of the table. Just so you know, it's like a dream come true for me. To be able to sit and do this, and this is our business, this is like a dream come true. So now on the other side, for you to see, for me to see that you had a goal yes. to join the VIP group here within Rockstar, like yes. that's completely freaky to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's like another world. So that is cool. Thank I, you for even yeah. saying something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah that's no big. worries. Yeah, I, no, I uh, I take this stuff pretty <laughs> maybe a bit overboard. Um, and you know what? The honest truth is, I, I'm not I'm not um, fanatical about. Goals. It might seem like I'm fanatical about goals, but I, I'm not. I'm fanatical about setting life goals and and trying to make as many of them happen. But I'm not a, I'm not obsessed with them. Like I'm not trying to achieve them every day. Or you know, I I, I let them run their course, right? You know, it feels like to me that you're using them as an operating system for your life. You know, like you have these goals out there and it's just helping guiding you. You're not freaking out. You know, if you haven't cycled around Lake Ontario yet or you haven't made, what was I saying? Two point five million dollars free and clear cash flow every month. (laughs) You know, you you use these things as an operating, a a bit of a guide, like a guiding light. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I I like I use the expression that most more people uh, spend more time planning for their vacation or a birthday than they do their life. Yeah. And Why I, do you think that is? It's so true. Uh, yeah. It's just easier. You know, sometimes thinking about your life, I guess it's just difficult. 
I think I think part of the problem is that um, well, as parents, if parents aren't taught it, and if this does, if it's not taught in the school system, mm-hmm. and the parents aren't being taught it, like you know, it's kind of ad hoc whether you're going to learn this stuff, and and um, that's part of the problem. And I talk a lot about it on my website are the things that they don't teach you at school. That some of the most important things that you need to know they don't teach you at school. And I'm trying to help through my my site, like introduce a lot of these concepts to people that maybe don't know what they. Why don't did know. you stumble upon personal development? Was it that sensei that yeah, you said it was right. him? Yeah. yeah. And had I not got involved in, yeah. in so karate, it was a mentor. You had yeah. a mentor. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And by the way, I do consider you and uh, Nick to be my mentors. Yeah, and, that's uh, very kind. I, I hope we can no, live I up do. to that no, standard. I don't and, feel and you like do. you're someone at this point <laughs> who needs a mentor, but really, I mean, thank you for that. How has, uh, so you've been working, obviously, Mike, with, on our team here a lot. Yes. And yeah. uh, how has your rock star, I'm only asking you because I don't think we've done a good job of going on. Uh, we've does, covered a lot matter. of stuff, but we've been all over the all over the place. I feel like we can do 18 episodes with you. But uh, how has, I'm, I'm reading this because it says, um, yeah, how is your experience with Mike DeZormo been? Do you know Mike's history of his? Do you know his life story? <laughs> uh, I, really, I know bits and pieces, but okay. not, probably not what Mike you're thinking. Mike has a yeah. yeah. Mike Mike comes from you know some I'll just say some you know some hard times. I think there's a podcast episode early on where Mike actually very he very rarely shares some of his story, but yeah. uh, and I don't want to do it. Now. I'd rather do it with him in the room, but. Let's just say he's battled some major things to get to where he okay. is now. Yeah, I'm not aware of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's such a good guy. So it's cool that you guys have hooked up. Yeah, you know? yeah, I like him a lot. And uh, he, like I said, he helped to sell our Hamilton triplex. And then he helped our daughter, daughter Kara, when it was time to buy her first property in Guelph. Get this. So we're into heritage homes. We helped her um, buy a heritage stone townhouse stacked uh, uh, bachelor units, one over the top of the other, where she lived in one and rented out the other. But a stone heritage home, I mean, just how fitting is that? Your family is defined by these <laughs> heritage homes. Is she going to own the whole street there on Guelph? Is it a long street? Jeez. Are you buying homes now based on the length of the street to see if we can close all these homes? Like, we can't buy a house on this street. It's too long. I can't buy 100. Or it's just like a stretch goal. It's one of those goals. Let's yeah, buy a house on this yeah. big, long street. Well, she was, you know what? If she, she was looking at, there was another unit that came up in her heritage block, and she was uh, seriously looking okay, at good. it. Okay, good. So her per, your teachings are going yes, through, through the generation. That's what, right. what, what's your, um, you know, the, so the real estate portfolio is evolving with these different things what about the 100 life goals what, what where do you think it's a retirement what's your plan what's your what's your goal for the 100 life goals yeah well where are you taking this uh the, the book are you selling the book on amazon or on the website yeah, it's on amazon and um it's if you go onto my website at 100goalsclub.com there's i have links to the uh to, to the amazon site you can also sign up i have a i have a newsletter that i send out on the first and the 15th of each month and it does kind of a deeper dive on specific of you know some of these 100 goals so if you're interested in that uh, feel free to sign up for that um but in terms of where i want to go with this like i the sky's the limit, right? If I, I'm going to keep following you guys and I'm going to go wherever you lead me. So, you know, yeah. no, uh, but the sky is the limit. You're right. It, it really is because, uh, in fact, I just added a section to my website, uh, a few days ago and I put seminars. So I put seminar topics that I feel I'm capable of, of leading. And I put, uh, uh, rough contents and some prices up there and I've just thrown it out there and said, here's how much I would like for the course and travel expenses. And if someone calls me from wherever and who knows them, I might get a, a gig teaching a seminar on 100 life goals. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are visiting the site from all around the world. Like surprisingly, isn't it crazy when it, you see the the stats when you see it's, where you see it's people It's absolutely from? crazy. You yeah, know, yeah. countries you wouldn't expect, right? So, like, I'm just putting it out there, and um, anyway, like, this could go wherever. But I think what a fantastic retirement, right? Focusing on on actually doing some of these hundred goals at a deeper level than I am now, 
but also putting out the information out there to help others to be able to do the same. We didn't talk about it because you're so positive and goal oriented that we didn't talk about any limiting. When you were buying these houses, was there anyone in your ear saying, Brian, what are you doing? You crazy? Don't do this. Was it like a lawyer, a mortgage broker, an accountant of some sort telling you don't do not do this? Because it seems like just hearing you, you've, you've brought up none of that. Yeah. Did you just shut all that down? Someone must somewhere must have told you not to do some of this. Well, uh, <laughs> now that you brought up, I, the very first uh, I went to buy a condo before my Hamilton triplex, I put a I, I put a down payment on a condo in in downtown Burlington, and uh, sorry, mom, but mom talked me out of it. <laughs> She did. Eh? She talked about oh, it. Geez. It was the it was the palace. I don't you, I don't know if you heard that. Anyway, it's a palace condo, and it was like one hundred and twenty five thousand bucks or something. Oh anyway, so th- there was a negative, and, and that's just like she didn't. She wasn't comfortable sure. with real yeah, estate. No, that's so her context, her perspective, her life, her truth. Well, I mean, I don't that's think right. she meant you any harm. Not She's coming from a good place. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But I think because I had my senses. Well, I know I went through the downturn and everything, but no, I. Uh, I mean, it was everyone Is was this scary. Sensei of yours still around? Are you still in touch with this guy or no? <laughs> I, I've fallen out of touch. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, I will. I'm gonna. Get back. Uh, some some way or another, he's going to find out that I'm out there, ta- yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, talking yeah. in such cool. a good way. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, yeah. Anyway, that's a bit of background there. <laughs> so listen, if you were listening, we will link out to your website. So if you um, say the URL one more time, so it's 100goalsclub.com, and the 100 is the numerical 100, numerical so 100 goalsclub.com. We'll also link out to this at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast if you find brian's episode there we'll have a link there so that you can get to him there any i mean we, we're definitely going to have you back we're going to be we're, we're close to getting the video set up going okay um so we'll have you back uh again to just chat and catch up and uh anything else today that you wanted to be covering that we haven't covered i i, I didn't listen i didn't even turn one of you look i didn't even look through this but we, i feel like look at all this stuff it's okay but, uh, I, I think we covered i think we covered a lot of it what do, what do you have here under final final thoughts, thoughts. Oh, i just want to say that you know for the people out there there's probably a lot of people that are still getting involved in real estate and i got to say that you know it's been an amazing investment it's allowed our our family's net worth to grow like significantly. And I, and I, and I think it's going to continue to do that for people that get involved in real estate for the next decade or two decades or lifetime, whatever. But, but like you just, even if, even if you don't get the equity appreciation, you're still getting a substantial asset paid down right by your tenants. And like that in itself is, is a good investment. So um, I've never met anyone who has true freedom that doesn't own assets. I've yeah. never met anyone. Yeah. I've never met that person. Yeah. And, um, so real estate is like, you guys are just doing, you're teaching people more than just real estate. You're also teaching them principles on self-help on health and fitness, you know, all these other things. And in fact, you guys could have wrote this book as easy as I could have, because no, I don't think the way you broke it, it's beautiful. No, you've done a really good job with this book. You know, yeah, we're more throw spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks (laughs) kind of thing. You've actually thought this out, but, but I actually, I, I also admire that about you guys because you do. I don't know if you fly by the seat of your pants. I'm sure you recognize that. I recognize that at times, but I, I admire that because you don't wait for the perfect ideal set of conditions to do stuff. You just do it. No. Yeah. Right? yeah. Someone once told us there's a quote. I wish I could give this person the credit. I don't know who said it, but you know, good is good enough. I always had in my head that you can't do something. You have to wait until it's perfect. And it kind of held yeah. me back for a lot of years. And I think if your intent is pure, you're operating out of integrity. You can do things that maybe aren't absolutely perfect and still have a large impact on your own life and other people's life. The, you know, another quote, I think it's Frank Kern who said this one is that motion is better than meditation, you know, and I was big into meditation. I still am a big believer in it and we need all of that in our lives. But sometimes you can get so caught up in the idea of I'm going to live a perfect balance and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do all this stuff that you never actually just do something like go out and 
make some activity, make some shit happen. So, uh, yeah, that's been a big breakthrough for Nick and I, and it's fine. It's why we know that mindset is a big deal for most people because they're most, most people are in their own way They're They don't want to put something, they don't want to put a website like you've done together because they're scared about judgment perhaps, right. or they think that they have to wait until the perfect video is created. And you know, this, this whole thing is holding people back. And I've come to learn that the way people judge you is a very subjective thing. So for example, Brian, you are, ju- you're looking at what we're doing and you're having your own judgments about us right. and you might might look at it and you might even appreciate some of it. You're like, ah, I see what these guys are doing. It's a little, you know, messy at sometimes, but I see what they're doing and you'll take from that what you will. Other people who are maybe 10 times more advanced than us might judge us and look down on us. Right. I can't believe yeah. what we're doing. But other people who maybe need a little bit of encouragement, look at some of the things that we're doing and think, oh my gosh, I can really benefit from some of this stuff. So the idea of judgment is it's such a subjective thing that I've come to realize that Nobody can really judge me. They're coming from their own place. I can only live my own truth and give what I can give and do the best that I think I can give. And the judgment just, that's their issue, not my issue. That's exactly right. Right? And the way I think about it, like I've put a lot of, if you search my website, you'll see a lot of personal pictures. And in a way I feel like, should I be really sharing all this? But I think, Nicker, you said like it makes it real, right? Like it, it makes it real. And, um, and the other thing I think about is, you know what, like I'm going to be dead in like 30, 40 years. It's like, over. Like, it's who, over. Like who cares, right? Like who cares? I'm not, there's yeah. not, I have nothing to hide and I'm, I'm just sharing what I've done in my life and hopefully inspire some other people to do some totally, good things. Totally. And I'd like to say that, you know, uh, the story of what, what I've talked about is, uh, wouldn't have been possible without my wife, Kathy. She's an equal partner in this and we've made a lot of these tough decisions together and she's been there every step of the way. So she deserves uh, Cause you got a some crazy ideas, Brian. I'm saying you exactly. Paint houses all these different colors. Yeah. I mean, and she's supporting. And she you went along with it. I know. I can't believe she's that. She's a great woman. She's a great woman. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, very. Listen, we're honored and blessed to have you here on the podcast. To have you as a rock star member. To be able to work with you. For you to know us and different members of the team here. Um, yeah, I, I just feel lucky. So, uh, awesome. Thank you very much, Brian. Appreciate thank it. you for sharing. We'll bring you back. Yeah. Thank okay. you for sharing this. We'll link out to your websites. And yeah, that's it. Thanks, awesome. Brian. Awesome. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Tom Krads again. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode of the show with Brian. The URL again to, to go uh, check out his stuff is 100goalsclub.com. It's the numerical 100, so 100goalsclub.com. Thank you, Brian, for doing that and sharing your real estate journey. That was really fun and insightful. And stay tuned for more updates from us on real estate, the economy, what's going on right now in the world. We'll start releasing that, I'd imagine, next week. This week we're busy getting some stuff out for Rockstar and our circle members. Um, so stay tuned for that. And if you are a Rockstar Inner Circle member, there is a special presentation coming out. We're releasing it on Friday of this week. Um, so if you, uh, just to date this right now, I am actually speaking these words. What is today's date? I've lost track. It is March 19th. So tomorrow, March 20th, we're releasing that for Rockstar Inner Circle members. Uh, that's it for now. Even throughout this time, remember to be focused on mapping out your life. It's uh, even, even during crazy situations like this all of this will pass as well so stay focused on your own health and your own wealth and your own will wisdom we're wishing everyone the best and as always until next time your life your terms